everybody, this is Townsend. Thank you so much for tuning in. The goal of this podcast is to cover a vast variety of topics regarding mental health, struggles, share people's stories, and hopefully remind you that you're not alone. I hope you enjoy. What is up, everybody? So my name is Townsend. Thank you so much for joining. You're not alone. I'm so excited. So tonight I have somebody named Corey. She's going to hop on and join me. And we're going to talk about the gap between the LGBTQ and church community. So I'm super excited about that. Guys, how are you? I am great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for joining me. I'm so excited. Oh, of course. I'm excited to be here. I know the, the Instagram lives can get a little awkward if you're there by yourself for like five minutes. So I tried to <laughs> be quick. Yes. Um, I've had the instances last time I did this, the guy, uh, he lost service like midway through and then like 15 minutes went by and I was like, what is happening? So he was waiting on his page instead of coming back to mine. <laughs> it's incredibly awkward, but it is what it is. Okay. So I, I wanted to start this one off by telling people one, this is a super sensitive topic. And so Corey and I are just here to chit chat about our experiences, about our opinions. Obviously, none of this is like written in stone. Take with it what you want, but um, to each their own. But for this podcast and for this live stream, I just practice love and acceptance. And so I have people from all over come and chit chat about their side of the story. But like Brene Brown says, we're here not to be right, but to get it right. So I wanted to chit chat with you. I'm so excited to have you on. I've now said that like 17 times. There are a ton of people logging on. So for the new people, my name is Townsend. I'm so excited to have you here. Welcome to You're Not Alone. Tonight, we're going to be chit-chatting about the LGBTQ community and the church community and just bridging the gap between the two because we're in a weird time where there's just kind of this weird divide and there's more awareness to the LGBTQ community and we were growing up not really knowing much about that. So it leaves this really weird space between the two. I'm ready to hop in. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, so who the heck is Corey? So tell us a little bit about yourself. I know I ran into you. I saw you on the Only Human page, which were both advocates and followers of them. I love what they stand for, love and acceptance. Bree Pear and I have gotten to be really close. Um, so I'm all about supporting, um, you know, women, especially in power. So I love companies that started like that. Anyway, you were on there doing uh, a one-on-one, like a live. And I was like, I like her. I need to be friends. And it turns out that we are from the same town. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Okay. So tell us, who is Corey? Um, well, I am Corey. I am 26 years old. I was born and raised in central Arkansas. Go Bears. Um, I, uh, yeah, born and raised there. Graduated from Conway High School. Um, a funny thing about Conway is uh, Hart Denton went to high school with me and he's now like a famous, he was on Riverdale and a couple other shows and he's like a famous movie star now. And so anyway, that's the claim to fame for Conway for those of you that watch Riverdale. Um, and I went to college in Arkansas, got my degree in psychology, um, had no idea what I wanted to do with my life in college, which is pretty normal. Um, was in a campus ministry, was really, really involved with uh, my campus ministry in college called Chi Alpha. Um, I actually went to South Africa with them and spent about six weeks in Africa um, the summer after my sophomore year of college, which was awesome, really cool experience. 
Um, after college, I became a police officer and was a cop in Arkansas for about a year. Um, and then lateraled up to, I now live in the Seattle area and worked up in Everett for about a year as a cop and then quit policing and started pursuing fire. And now I am a firefighter and I absolutely love it. Um, the other big part of my life is obviously my sexuality. So I came out um, when I was 22. Um, so I knew I was gay kind of around the age of 16 and then ended up coming out, which we'll talk about later, but came out around 22 and uh, started dating my now wife at that point. And um, we dated long distance. She lived up here in Seattle. I was in Arkansas. Uh, we met on Instagram and had a very funny love story and uh, moved up here summer of 2018, I think it was. So this would be my fourth year here. Um, we got married this past summer. So about six months ago, we got married which was awesome. Um, she's amazing and I feel very blessed to have her. And um, yeah, that's a little bit about me. I love it. So you pretty much sound like a bad A. Um, <laughs> you said, I love how you said, I, I pursue fires and I'm just like, <laughs> I run from fires. So that's <laughs> way cooler and braver than I am. Um, also, you just cut all your hair off and as a short haired person myself, it's awesome, isn't it? It is, yeah. That, I chopped my hair off about five months ago, I guess. It's like, it's like August. Um, and it was something I kind of wanted to do for a while, but this was like, oh, well, you know, I already dressed pretty masculine. Like, I don't want, you know, people to think I'm a dude and just kind of was like, well, you know, whatever, I'm going to do it anyway. And I'm very glad that I did. So if you want to chop your hair off, just do it. It's hair and it grows back if you hate it, but you probably won't because it's awesome and very easy. And doesn't it sweat on the back of my neck and I don't have to have hair ties and it's just awesome. Hey there. Thank you so much for tuning in to You're Not Alone with Townsend. If you're enjoying these live streams and podcasts and want to see them continue, head over to patreon.com slash Music. Your support means that the research and time and effort that goes into each one of these episodes can continue and we can reach out to more guests and do more awesome things in 2022. All right, back to the conversation. It's actually harder to fix than my long hair. I used to have hair like down to my waist and I worked in healthcare and it was just too much. It was so hot. And I was like, I'm doing it, I'm cutting it all off. And now you like actually have to fix it, you know? Yeah. Um, I just go with the all natural, like weird curl I got going. Um, okay, so jumping into it, what got you so interested in bridging this gap between these two communities so you kind of talked about how you came out when you were 22 you're 27 now but your socials are pretty much based on one your life so firefighting policing all of those things but you're pretty much always just like advocating for this and what got you so involved in that yeah um well i think growing up in the south like i was kind of bombarded by this idea that being gay or, or queer, when I use the term gay, just to preface, I'm referring to the LGBTQ plus community. I just oftentimes use that word. So um, growing up, it was like, oh, well, being gay is the worst thing that you could ever be. You know, it's like this big sin and this big, yeah, just kind of thing that was like separating you from the Lord. And so for me, it was like, it became my kind of goal in life, even before I came out to like love the LGBTQ plus community. Like that was something that I really prided myself in. And even before I came out in college, um, I was like, you know, I'm going to love these people. Like, I think they, they deserve to be loved and they need to be loved. And 
that's a big issue that I'm seeing with the church and the world is that they are not loved um, oftentimes by Christians. And so even before I came out as affirming and, and as gay, I was, um, I was still trying to love uh, LGBTQ plus people. So um, I think really what kind of inspired my journey to bridge these two worlds is like, I saw a group over here um, that was hurting and I was like, you know, how can we as a church body, like reach these people? Um, like what, obviously we're doing something wrong because there are no queer people in our congregations. There are no queer people at church, um, at least not where I grew up. And it's not something that we talk about. And when we do talk about it, it's just in the, in the sense of like, it's wrong, it's sin, it's bad. Um, but there was never really any like conversation beyond that. And so um, for me, like I said, before I even came out as gay, it was like, I wanted to bridge that gap um, and, and love them. And then after I came out, it was even more of a passion for me because it's like, okay, now, now it's my journey and my story and it's literally the life that I'm living. So um, trying to be really vocal um, about the fact that I am gay and Christian and like, it's funny living in the Seattle area because there are very few Christians up here and a lot of gay people. Um, so. It's funny when I say that I'm a Christian, I oftentimes get a look of like, oh, like how, you know, or, or why, like that's that's weird. And, and in the South, it's the opposite. It's like, there's far less queer people, at least when I lived there, I know it's changed a lot in the last four years, but when I lived there growing up, I didn't know a single queer person in high school and a couple in college. Um, but this is, I mean, this was five years ago now, so it's changed a lot, um, I think. and. and but yeah, I just noticed this this big divide, and I was like, "There's a need for um, a, a bridge here, right? There's a need for um, people to be talking about the fact that we don't have to choose one or the other because that's where a lot of us sit in this boat of like, oh, I love Jesus, like I love the church, I love the Bible, you know, I love this community, and I feel connection to God, like that's something that's that was really important to me. And then the other side of it is like." but also like, I don't like men. I don't, I'm not attracted to men. Like, and that, that's not something that I can control. It's just who I am. And so those two things, I was just like, we have to, you know, find a way to, to meet in the middle and to bridge this gap. And um, yeah, it became a really big, it was a cool platform for me too. Like I didn't go out on Instagram planning to find followers. Like it was not my goal to get followers. And that was kind of the cool thing about it. Like I was just, started Instagram to talk about my life and my story and what I'd been through. And it began to kind of resonate and people were like, Oh yeah, like me too, me too, me too. Like I have that experience and I feel that. And, uh, so I try to kind of make my page a place for people to feel seen, um, and, and, and known and kind of relate to some of the trauma and stuff that, you know, we go through as Christians growing up specifically in pretty uh, evangelical homes. Yeah, I love that so much. And that's kind of why I wanted to have you on, which you and I got to chit chatting after your live, like I said, that I saw you on, found out we were from the same town that just blew my mind because we are now on like different sides of us. Um, but yeah, so I love that so much. And I really connected with that because part of my page is I want to bring awareness and I want to bring love and there's it just blows my mind. And it, it's just really cool to meet somebody with the same desire to spread love and awareness and I feel like this is just such there's just this weird divide and this weird wall that stuck up and even my friends that consider themselves in the LGBTQ community I'm really close with them and we'll sit down and chit chat and there's so much religious trauma and so much 
religion-based trauma in their life that they can't even think about God or Jesus. And then on the other side, I've got all these Christian, I guess we'll call them straight friends in this community, and the, neither one of them really see eye to eye. And it's weird to kind of be in the middle where I love everybody and I want everybody to experience like the religion and like the God that I know, right? And so I'm stuck in the middle of preaching to my LGBTQ friends that, and you were hurt by church, not by God. And so kind of making that big divide between the two, because people are, we are ignorant as people on earth, right? We're here to, to learn. And that's why we're here is to teach each other and to learn a little bit, but we'll get into that in a little bit, but I just love, we kind of see eye to eye on that. Um, have you, so you've gotten tens of thousands of followers through doing all this and through standing up for these both communities coming together and people watching your journey. Have you seen a lot of pushback on your page or are people really accepting of that? Uh, definitely pushback. I think that's something that, that is probably one of the, initially was one of the hardest things for me. It isn't really anymore just because I'm so used to it. But at the beginning, it was like really, really hard for me. Um, Cause I, I kind of, my page pretty much took off after I came out um, pretty quickly. Like I, I don't know how many followers I had before I came out, but not a lot. I didn't use Instagram a whole lot. And then once I came out, it was like, oh, I need, like, I need the world to know that like, they're not alone. And I want people to know that they're loved. And so um, kind of became an outlet for me. And I, I made a lot of friends on Instagram because again, I lost pretty much all my friends when I came out. And so um, kind of finding community on Instagram was really powerful for me. And so, yeah, I got a lot of pushback. Um, I would say now it's not so bad. When I first, the first like year of really posting stuff, like I probably got comments on every post, DMs four or five times a week. Um, and, you know, most of them I didn't know. A couple of people I knew either from high school or college that were like, you know, you're wrong, you're leading people astray, um, blah, blah, blah. But like, for the most part, I didn't know people. So that was easier. And it's still every once in a while, like I will get a, a comment on a post or a reel or video, like our wedding stuff. You know, we got married this past summer and we had several people comment on our wedding photos. Like, this is an abomination. Like, you know, how could you post things like this that are clearly leading people astray? You know, and I'm like, you know, get off my page. Like, I, I don't want you here. Why are you here? Why are you commenting on my page? Like, I don't go to your page and comment on your stuff. Like, that's that's the weirdest thing to me is like, why do you feel the need to go to someone else's page that you think is sinning and tell them that they're sinning? Like, that's so weird to me. What, like, how much time do people have on their hands to go search for people that they think are wrong and then tell them that they think that they're wrong? Like, yeah, yeah. I literally just did a podcast with a guy that, and we talked about mental health in the black community or the African-American community as a whole, um, because it's definitely mental health is hard in Caucasian community and that's the only one I know about so I want to exp expand it and not only males but African-American males so we talked about that and I had man I had this guy reach out and he was like I hate your stuff you shouldn't be on here because I posted about that and I'm like cool leave yeah. makes yeah. me happy for you yeah. to get my age yeah or if if you saying that to me helps you keep from going out on your wife, fine. Tell me whatever you want to, but it's just that people are so small-minded and I hate it so, so much. Uh, here we are trying to spread hope and love and you have trolls coming on. So I hate that for you, but I assumed it would be that way. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing I hear a lot, and you and I've talked about this before, and I kind of asked your opinion because uh, I stood up for someone, tried to advocate for someone 
they were like in their 80s in the LGBTQ community. And it makes me laugh because they're in their 80s. They're not going to change their mind. And this guy was coming and basically told her, long story short, that she was going to hell and that yada, yada. And it was just the wrong way to go about it. It wasn't graceful. And so I stood up for her. Um, what I felt like, you know, you can preach to people, but don't preach at people, right? That's never going to change anyone's beliefs. And so one thing that I hear a lot in response to when I stick up for people or when I advocate for this community is heterosexuality just makes sense and homosexuality doesn't make sense. (laughs) And to me, that excuse blows my mind because as humans, and I know you know this, but if you think about it, I also have a degree, so I work in the medical field as well, the healthcare field as well. And one thing I have learned through working in that in the last nine or 10 years is that we are dumb. People are dumb. We, we've known human life since the first people were on earth and we still don't know everything. And we're never going to know everything. You know what I mean? Like right. not that long ago, for example, not that long ago, like when our parents were younger they would take out, let's say your spleen. Cause they were like, Oh, it doesn't serve a purpose. We'll just take it out. Well, now they're finding, Oh, it has a purpose. And so it's like, you have these organs in your bodies for a reason. And we can't even figure those out right. much less to say something just makes sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a really long winded answer for me to say, but <laughs> like, what do you think about that? Cause I'm just blown away by that excuse altogether. Yeah. I mean, I think it's ridiculous. Um, I think it's something, and I haven't heard it in a while, but I definitely heard it in the first, you know, couple of months after coming out. But I would say, I think it's something that people revert back to when they lack knowledge. Um, and I don't say that to be rude. I truly just think that people say that when they don't know, um, they, they hear something that they've been taught and they listen to it because that's the easiest thing to do is to listen to what someone else tells you is true rather than actually doing the research yourself and finding out. And that goes for a multitude of things, like not just the topic of homosexuality, but everything. I mean, that's a whole other conversation, but like finding truth for yourself and not just listening to what someone else tells you is true is, is crucial. Um, so I think that's a big part of it is like someone told them who told them like, this is normal, this is right. And this is abnormal and this is wrong. Um, and there's really no substantial like, theology behind that there's no basis of truth there's no depth to that argument it's just like a comment that I think people throw out there because it's like well I'm straight so you should be too like it just makes sense because you know like we were put on this earth to make babies and if, you know if you're not with a man you can't make babies and that's the whole point of like why you're alive is to make babies and so it's just like when you think back to the root of that comment like it just makes sense it's like there's so much more to our life than making babies like a, some people don't want babies. B, like we don't necessarily need a lot of more humans in the world. Like there's a lot of people and everybody's meant to be a parent. And so like just that argument alone is just so um, interesting to me. And so I think, again, it's a lack of knowledge. It's foolish. It's people that are scared to have a conversation um, and learn something new. And so they just kind of put their hands over their ears and they're like, yep, I know what I believe and I'm right and you're wrong. Yeah, absolutely. And I can't even, it's hard to blame them for that because they are doing what they think is right, but it's just so important to have an open mind and to, to know why you believe what you believe. And again, we started the saying, this is a sensitive topic into each their own, right? Um, We're kind of saying our side of the story, 
I encourage you guys to go read, to go research a little bit more because I was blown away after hearing Corey talk. She recommended some books. I went and read some books. I actually did some research on the Bible, which I'm interested in anyway. And I found so much that I didn't even know about. And I already love and accept people. And so now it's just like, you know, you've got your ammo in your back. And so actually in this conversation, so with this guy that was like, it's just common sense. Mm-hmm. Um, oddly enough, I kept my cool and I was like, I-, I totally get that. And I was like, if you want to talk about it, I would love to tell you why I feel what I feel. And so he came and sat down and he's like, you got five minutes to change my mind. And I was like, okay, I think you and I both know you're not really listening. I was like, but that's cool. I was like, I am happy to tell you all the research I have found. I am happy to give you resources so that you can read it yourself. Um, And it ended with him slamming the door on me. He did not want to hear all that. But I will say after that conversation, I found him asking a multitude of people what their thought was. And so it made him think about it. If anything, he left that conversation thinking like, huh, maybe, maybe I do need to think harder, which is okay with me. Right. Um, we got somewhere at least. Okay, so something I found super interesting. One of the books that you recommended to me um, when I saw you on your live was, um, I think it was God and the Gay Christian. Was that right? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So one of the things that I thought was super interesting, I may totally butcher this quote that they said, but it talked about Adam and Eve in the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. And how God intended for man not to be alone. And that it didn't have to be a man and a woman because it, it couldn't have been an infertile woman and it couldn't right. have been men because they couldn't have procreated. But the, the point of Adam and Eve was they had to procreate to make more humans. So it had to be that type of anatomy to make two humans, to make, to make babies. Um, and so, and it actually talks about how God intended for Adam to have a friendship, to have a bond, not this sexual connection, but they ended up procreating, you know what I mean? And so it's really cool to read it that way because a lot of people with common sense is, well, it's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. It couldn't have been, right? Yeah. Right. There would be no one else on earth. Right. So I found that super interesting as well. Yeah. No, it's a phenomenal book. And Matthew is a good friend of mine, author, and um, he's incredible. And like just such a good, good guy and great author and um, incredible theologian. So highly recommend that book. I'm going to need you to get his autograph for me. (laughs) I'm kidding. Um, Okay. So what is your end goal with like, I almost want to say like finding this fame, but more so like just finding all these followers, all of these ears that you didn't have before. Like what is your end goal with all of this? Yeah. um, That's, uh, interesting question. I was like thinking about this and I was like, I don't, I don't know that I've ever thought about it, that I've ever really sat down and been like, well, what's my goal with this? You know? And when I make a post, I, I tend to think more short-term than I do long-term when it comes to Instagram. Like I think, you know, when I make this post, like who's going to see this, what are they going to think? How are they going to feel? Is this, you know, does this produce fruit? Like how is this post, these words going to make people feel? Um, which is kind of why I struggle with the whole reels thing, because I love to write and I love to like talk about hard things. And sometimes with reels, I just feel like they're so funny and like giddy and short um, that I struggle a little bit. But I would say my end goal is not definitely not like a number of followers by any means. Um, It's, it's not a, 
I want to have a hundred thousand followers. Um, but it's like, Hey, I want to keep impacting people and, um, you know, keep getting messages from people that are saying like, Hey, I feel seen like I, for the first time ever, or like, Hey, I read your post and I didn't feel alone or, you know, I've had several people at this point. I mean, I can't, I don't even, I lost track. I was, I began to like start counting how many people had messaged me and be like, Hey, you, you saved my life with this post. Like in the first couple of years of me kind of posting stuff and blogs specifically, like I had so many people reach out and be like, Hey, I was on the verge of like, you know, taking my life. Like, here's my story. And I'm just amazed at the vulnerability of people, of strangers to like, tell me their life story. Like, I feel so honored to um, have a platform where people feel safe to like share things with me. And that's something that I really pride myself in the fact that like I try to respond to every single person that messages me whether it takes me six months which it does I apologize sometimes but I have not yet as far as I know ignored a message like a, a dm like I really really pride myself in the fact that I respond to every single person no matter if the question is like you know super deep question about like my story or a piece of advice or if it's just something you know service level um, I try really hard not to be one of those people that just is like, you know, I'm too famous for you. Like I, I don't have the time of day to respond to you people anymore. And I've, and I've been on the other side of that where I've like messaged people that have like thousands of followers millions, you know, and don't get a response. And that's like really tough for me because I don't ever want to be in that boat where people see me as unapproachable. Um, so I would say my goal is to continue to be approachable, to continue to create a space for people that, um, feel safe and makes them feel seen. And regardless of if I grow, you know, one follower a year or a thousand followers a month, like doesn't really matter to me. Uh, it's more about like the depth of the relationships that I have here. Yeah. I think that's awesome for sure. Um, yeah, it's, it, that's what mine is too. It's just, I think I thought about that question as well. So my end goal, I feel like, so with music, I don't know how much of my story, you know, how much you followed lines. So what happened basically was I got the rug swept out from underneath me in 2016 and I completely hung up music. Basically, I was like bitter towards people, couldn't stand them. I was just like, I was fed up. I felt like super people were super selfish. And then I realized like on my journey and finding myself and remolding myself that I was the one with the problem, right? And so I made a goal at that time to share my journey and to be vulnerable with people and same as you like be open and I spend so much time a day getting back to every message and every comment and every email because my point is I don't want people to feel alone and I've been in that position where it felt like no one was there or that no one understood and so mm -hmm. the goal of this is like I want to provide a community even if I get to the point where I mean, I don't think I will, but you know, you get too many messages, it's overwhelming, but you can go to this community that I have set up. Um, like I have a private group on Facebook called You're Not Alone. And for people that go on and log on, it's literally just a group, a community where you can go and you can share good days, bad days, advice, whatever you want, but I can at least refer you to somewhere. I've got therapists that I've asked permission to refer people out to them. And it's been amazing to say people are so brave right like yeah. I, same thing reach out just the other day I had someone reach out and say they were on the verge of attempting suicide and they watched my live stream and decided not to and reached out and I'm like yeah. what like I don't even deserve that honor because yeah. I'm just somebody on here 
wanting to help. Like, it's not like I'm a professional licensed therapist, psychiatrist that could help you through a dark time. I'm just a human like you are, but it means so much. So with that, I want to thank you for also doing the same thing. Like it's hard work. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's something that I think a lot of people overlook that like, it's like, you think that it's just like all, you know, rainbows and butterflies all the time. And it is oftentimes, you know, it's great. Um, but there is a lot of work that goes into it, especially, you know, for us that like really pride ourselves in like responding, um, and not just posting things, but actually like being a real person. Um, like that's something that, you know, I always want people to feel like they can come to me. So, and also my friend Jaden said something nice. So thanks buddy. Appreciate you. Yeah. <laughs> I encourage you. Um, so I posted something. If you wanted to ask questions, I've got a list of those we're going to chit chat about. But if you have questions while you're watching, that's why I do them live. So feel free to ask questions. We will get to them if we see them. Hopefully um, we'll try to get to them at the end. But yeah, ask questions, make comments. That's what the point of the live stream is so that you guys can hop on and show love and encouragement and just get curious. Ask away. We're, we're here to help and answer questions. Um, so I did a podcast not too long ago with these guys out of Nashville. And one of the questions, it reminded me of this one, but it was, so all you do is give, 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 like with your music and with your podcast and with my, you're not alone project. And, you know, that I pride myself on being available and being vulnerable and open. And so they were saying, what happens when you burn out? Like what then? And I found myself being like, uh, I don't know. I'm not there yet. So I don't know. Like, I, I hope that my passion is always burning and that I make friends like you and we can hold each other accountable. But yeah, like, what about you? What if you get to the point where you just burn out and you're done? Like, what would you do? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's definitely times like that. Like, I mean, to be honest today, I was like, I was like, oh, I should make a post, but like, I don't know what to talk about, you know? And that was really weird for me because I was like, oh, I always feel inspired and creative. I'm an Enneagram four. So like, it was a little bit of like a, a crisis, you know, with, with myself. It's like, well, why, why can't I think of something to write? You know, what does that mean about me? And um, Instagram is becoming this thing that, you know, people don't want to sit and read posts. Like it's more of like, it's becoming TikTok, which I hate, but it's just like turning into these reels, which are hilarious and fun. But I personally miss the depth of a post and that's what I'm trying to kind of keep my page at is like, um, that's how I grew. And that's, uh, the, the type of people that I like to follow is people that kind of write about their real life experiences. And so, um, yeah, as far as burnt out, like if I feel that way, I try not to post, um, like today I, I kind of took a little bit and I was like, I'm not just going to write just to write, like, what do I feel like needs to be said? And so I, kind of took some time. I took a bath, which is something I love self-care. I love baths. Um, a little Epsom salt bath. I was like, what, you know, what's on my heart right now? Like, what do I feel like needs to be shared and how am I feeling? And, um, kind of that's where I, so I wrote a post today about like misgendering people and, you know, having short hair and being called sir. And, um, it was just kind of something that I was experiencing. And a lot of people commented that they were feeling the same way. And I was like, cool, you know, like, but if we're feeling burnt out, like, I just don't think we should just write or post just because that's our job. And that's one reason why I really like, um, a, a lot of companies reach out to me like, Oh, do this promotion. We'll pay you X amount of you know dollars. And I don't typically do those unless it's a product that I actually like, like I love my mushroom coffee. So I promote that. Um, but very few products do I like actually promote because I don't want to just post all the time just to post. 
Um, like I want to actually feel inspired and feel creative and write things that people um, are inspired by and can relate to and also promote products that I feel like are beneficial. Um, hence the mushroom coffee. If you like mushroom coffee, use my code CNJ15 or DM me for the, the code. Anyway, yeah, I love mushroom coffee and it's- Shameless plug, there you go. Yeah. That's awesome. Very cool. I love that. I love that you're willing to be like, you know what? It's not about the money. It's more about like what I support. And I'm the same way. Yeah. I'm not going to post about something I don't uh, like, but the brands that I do like, I'm going to let you know, cause they're awesome and you deserve them. Okay. Yeah. Are you ready to jump into the questions? I'm pretty excited. Yeah. about. It. Okay, sure. cool. So we got several of them. I narrowed it down to the top few. Um, cause some of them got kind of deep. So I figured I wanted to give us enough time to chat about them. Okay. Yeah. All right, so number one, is it normal to tell my kids that being gay is okay with God? I feel 100% okay with that. But when it comes to myself, I still have so much ingrained religious trauma that I can't justify it for myself. Hmm. Uh, first of all, yes, it's normal. Um, I think that's the, the key to everything is normalizing it. Um, that's the first step in any conversation is, is if you're asking, is it normal? The answer is always yes. Um, I think when we sit with a feeling of um, like, I'm different, I'm wrong, or I'm weird, um, that can easily manifest and twist and turn into like, I'm wrong and I'm bad. And that's just not healthy at all. So I think a, yes, it's normal. And so know that, um, but also know that like we grow up in the houses um, that we did and we can't control who raised us and where we grew up. Um, and so have grace with yourself and know that the things that you are struggling with, um, or struggling to maybe believe for yourself, like aren't necessarily, um, any of your faults. Like it's, it's something that you grew up with. And so, um, I think teaching your kids what is true is 100% great. And I'm glad that, you know, you're promoting this e equality, um, with your kids. And I would say for yourself, finding ways to kind of combat that feeling of shame is important. Um, and it's hard because it's unlearning. And so something that I learned when I was in college in psychology class, I don't remember which one, but it was talking about the pathways of the brain. And so when we learn something, my professor was like, it's like you're taking an exit on a highway. So it's like you're driving, right? And then there's the exit and that's that's you learning a, a skill or a concept or whatever. Um, it's learning something and then to unlearn something, it's like, oh crap, I missed my exit. Like now I gotta go up here, I gotta take this exit, I gotta flip around, get back on the interstate, come back, get off the exit and it sucks. Um, and everybody that hopefully everyone has missed an exit and knows how painful that is, especially in Seattle, because it's so hard to get back to where you want to go. Um, but that's what unlearning is. And so that's the process that we go through when we're trying to unlearn things that we've been taught, uh, specifically um, deep rooted shame issues around sexuality um, can, can be something that we have to unlearn and it takes time. Um, but finding ways um, and resources to unlearn those things is important. And so I'm not just getting stagnant with like, oh, I'm frustrated that I still feel this way, um, but like finding resources, books, podcasts, videos, um, Instagram pages, you know, places that make you feel safe and seen are, are very important. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, I love, you're very well spoken. Thank you. Yeah. Being from Arkansas, I figured you'd be like, yeah, we're going to go down to yonder and you take it <laughs> right here. <in> the <laughs> it's funny. My, uh, my, 
my crew at work, they said the same thing the other day. They're like, well, you're from Arkansas. Like, shouldn't you have an accent? And I actually, when I moved up, so I had a little bit of an accent growing up. Uh, my parents, my mom's from, my dad's from the California area. Um, and so like, I didn't have, they lived in California for a while. They lived in Washington for a while and neither one of them have a super Southern accent. And so for me, like I always tried to not have a Southern accent because I didn't want to, I didn't want to ever like, especially when we moved up here, I was like, I don't want anybody to know that I'm from the South because like, I was not super proud of that. And so I made an effort to get rid of my accent. <laughs> okay. Listen, it's the Southern twang also, as much as you don't want to be from the South, it, it made you who you are. So it, yes, proud. Yeah, it definitely but did. Wear that twang proudly. <laughs> now, I love your answer about this. So the person that asked this question, I've actually met through my You're Not Alone project and through music and really opened up their one that it messaged. And I'm so thankful that I was able to message back and start a good conversation and make them feel safe in, a, um, in an environment where they don't feel safe themselves. And I just hate that so much. So I love that you mentioned shame. And so Brene Brown, which I love me some Brene Brown, um, you should read her books because she is like amazing. She's the guru at shame and guilt and just vulnerability. And so I actually just read a book um, called Rising Strong. And she talks about shame in there and like basically how shame is a lie. And kind of like you said, your, your brain, the more you shame yourself, the more you will shame yourself. And so you kind of just get in this um, way of thinking and you got to retrain yourself and shame's not really a thing. So she explains it really well. So yeah. I, I would reading some of her stuff. It's great. Um, okay. Somebody asked, how did you get to where you are now? So not quite literally, we know you drove. <laughs> no, but really how did you, so, so what does your story look like? Um, yeah. Oh man. How did I get to where I am now? Um, let me, let me, let me narrow it down for you. Yeah. Okay. You talked about, you're from Arkansas, Central Arkansas. You moved to Seattle. Um, yeah. You're now with your wife, and you talked about coming out at 22. Let's narrow it down to what did your coming out story look like for you? Yeah. Okay. That's a little bit easier. I was like, man, how did I get to where I was? That's like an hour of answer. Um, coming out. Yeah. So, how did my coming out story look? I started liking girls when I was in high school. Um, I kind of was like, I'd watch these movies and be like, oh, that, you know, Blake Lively, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, like, wow, I just really think that she's really pretty, like, um, or like Vanessa Ann Hudgens in uh, High School Musical, like, she's beautiful. Um, just kind of like with these little moments, right? And then when I was in high school, um, a girl that I was in band with, actually, uh, she was out and the only out, like, gay person that I knew in my, in my school and I thought she was adorable. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to be friends with her. She's two years younger than me. And so we started hanging out and she was my first kiss in high school um, with a girl. And I was like, oh, like, um, it was actually kind of funny. Uh, yeah, fireworks, literally. I mean, I, I was like, I had kissed tons of boys and I never felt anything. And I always thought like, oh, well, it's because I'm just really pure. Like I, I wore a purity ring and went through the true love weights thing. And if you're familiar with that, it's a crazy thing but you basically get this ring and you like sign this paper saying you're never gonna have sex till you're married and you like pledge your purity to the church and whatever and your husband your future husband if you're a girl and future wife if you're a guy and 
Um, so I thought I was super pure, didn't kiss any, like, or didn't go any further than kissing with boys and thought I was just, you know, really pure. Ended up kissing this girl, I was like, oh, I, I'm not that pure. I just don't like men. Um, and it was actually a very <laughs> I am not that pure. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was a funny experience for me because I was like, man, like I, I actually thought I was like this, you know, like super strong, like all the girls in my spot were like, well, how are you like resisting the temptation with your boyfriends? And I was like, I'm just so pure. Like, I, I don't know, that's just what I am. I'm just, I have a lot of self-control. The Lord has blessed me, you know? Um, and then I meet this girl and I'm like, well, there, there goes that. And so from that point on, it was like, I don't know how many girls that I kissed in high school and college, but more than, more than one. Um, and it was, it was always a thing where it was like, I'd kiss somebody and then I'd repent and then I'd kiss and then repent. And it was a cycle of like, oh, I'm wrong. I'm bad. I'm, I'm unworthy. Like, let me go, you know, tell God that I'm really sorry for sinning. Um, and I'd sit in my little prayer closet. I had this like war room that I created and would sit in there and pray and um, really, really like a hard time in my life. And nobody knew at that point where I was going through. And it, so it was really hard. I was very outgoing in college, as you might know. Um, I talked to everybody and I was pretty vulnerable about my story and started becoming transparent about my struggle with same-sex attraction at the time, what I called it, and um, began to really feel like that was my mission and my call from God was to lead other uh, same-sex attracted people to Christ and help them like find freedom, um, which is absolutely ridiculous, but that's how I felt. And I was like, I'm going to, you know, help other gay people like not be gay and like just pursue the Lord and he will take away their uh, same-sex attractions. And because that's what I was told. I was like, well, if you keep praying eventually, like, you know, God will answer your prayers or he will give you the uh, self-control to like be celibate. And so um, I ended up meeting Jess, um, after college. So right after I graduated college, like a couple months after I met her, um, on Instagram, she slid into my DMs. We DM back and forth for a while and just as friends, like kind of chatting about like our journey and our story and our desire to follow Jesus and not be gay. And so that's actually how we started our relationship was, uh, praying the gay away together, which is kind of ironic. Um, and so we would talk about, you know, we read Romans and we talk about the Bible and talk about these, these resources of like, well, how can we, um, you know, not pursue our same sex attractions? Like what things can we do to, to date men? And so we would actually go on dates with men and then talk to each other about how the date went. Um, and it was always like, oh yeah, it didn't go that well. Or like, I wish it, you know, would have gone better, but there was no like, you know, fireworks or anything for me, no chemistry. Um, and then she was like, Hey, well, like we, we become really good friends. Like, I'd love to meet you. And I was like, yeah, like, I would love to meet you. Like we had become really good friends. Like we talked all the time, every day. Um, and I was going to fly up there and meet her. Then I had a work conflict and so I couldn't. And so she flew to Arkansas to meet me, uh, which was really cool. Like getting to, you know, meet her in person and it was actually a crazy story. Like she flew into Little Rock, to so Little Rock airport, um, which, you know, you can just pull in and park. There's no, it's not like a big airport where you have to like wait. So I like pull in there with my little Honda CRV and park my car. And like, she walks out and I see her and I'm like, wow, like she is beautiful. And I'm like, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. Like, what are you doing? I'm like sitting here, like we're supposed to be helping each other. 
and I think she's really cute. And so how am I going to help her if I think she's really cute? Like I'm supposed to be spending the night with her the next three nights, like as a friend. And I don't know if I can do this. Like, this is really challenging. And so all these thoughts are going through my head and uh, she, she comes up to the car. We hug for like five minutes. It's a super long hug. And, um, your, your ring, you're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, will you marry me today? Yeah. Um, no. So we finished this hug and this is kind of a cool story. So, and this was actually really transformational for me as far as like what, when my mind changed from no, like thinking that sexuality was a sin or my sexuality was a sin. Um, so this guy walks up to us, um, in like a, white robe almost like a, a Gandalf the gray type person uh like white hair white beard um like when Gandalf comes back as the the reincarnated you know spirit or whatever um walks up to us and like gives us these two little lifesaver mints and is like that was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen and we were so confused and also a little creeped out because we were like who the heck are you why are you giving us mints why were you watching us hug? Where, who are you? Like, and so I look at her and kind of, and again, I was a cop at this point. So I was like, that was super suspicious. Like, what is this guy doing? Like, is he trying to hurt us? You know? Um, and I turned back around and he's gone. And again, the Little Rock airport is not a big airport. It's not like there's a lot of people. Um, there was no other people. Was he in the back of your car though? No. Okay. <laughs> All right. No, he, so it was right in that area where you pull in where the little, car park and then there's a bus stop right in front and he was just gone like and I I literally looked at Jess and I was like did you just see that like am I crazy am I dreaming or am I high like am I what's going on um because that was super weird and she's like no no, no I saw it too and like the weirdest thing was we have we had the mint so we had like this physical token of like we didn't have these and now we do so we could we know that was real um, and so it was in that moment that I was like, oh man, like, I see you God. like I, you know, and, and so to us, it was like, that was the Lord saying like, that was beautiful. Um, like you are beautiful. This is beautiful. Like, this is who you're meant to be. Um, and like in the car that literally five minutes later, I like put my hand on her leg. I was like, can I hold your hand? And she was like, do you, uh, do you hold all your friends' hands? <laughs> and I was like, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so and then kind of the rest is history we dated um started dating that in the very next weekend like she spent the weekend with me um I came out to Instagram like a couple of days after that and then came out to my family that same weekend uh we dated long distance for about a year and then I was like I'm in love with you I'm gonna move to Seattle um and I want to get married and she was like uh we're not getting married but you can move to Seattle and I was like, okay, that's a good compromise. Like I'll move. Um, because again, growing up in the South, it's like, well, you have to be married to live together. Like that's a sin. If you don't, you know, if you're not married, you can't live together. And I debunked that theory real quick and was like, okay, well, you know, I'll just, I'll move in with you. That's okay. And we can get married later. And she was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, you, so basically you met the stereotype of U-Haul. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool. Great. And probably would have proposed in like the first three months of dating if she would have said yes. Like I was like, I'm going to marry you. And then I always joke. I'm like, I knew, you know, three months in and she's like, no, you didn't. I'm like, babe, yes, I did. Like, obviously I knew, um, but you know, everybody's different and it's, it was just kind of funny.
so yeah, that's awesome yeah your purity ring at the airport just like disappeared mm -hmm. you're like yep i'm done with that yeah i love that okay so you talking about we could be on here for like hours i could talk about yeah. this for um, so you talking about like just how beautiful that was and how amazing that was and like to me you're right and like here you are beating yourself up about being pure to not have sex with a man but like you have this pure attraction to a beautiful human that leads you closer to God and it's just this hug this this hug that has so many feelings and so much behind it like to me that just screams pure right yeah. it's crazy that we beat ourselves up so much for something and that's what blows my mind and I, I never have and I never will understand and you can't convince me otherwise God if God walked into the room today for me and this is what I told that guy that we talked about earlier if God walked in the room today truly imagine this so you've got let's say same sex let's say you and your wife are sitting there and you have this amazing like just faithful relationship and then you've got somebody over here that's doing who knows what he's not going to tell you and your wife that you're going to hell because you're loving well right yeah like that just doesn't even click for me that doesn't register for me like some of the best people i know are in the lgbtq community and i just feel so bad that every night they're thinking, well, I'm just not going to go to heaven because of blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, you are the way to heaven. Like yeah. you love well, you're an amazing person. You are the definition of amazing and pure. And it's sad that like you and your wife, people like you, you don't even see it. You can't even celebrate it because you have so many people on the other side, like putting you down. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. am I crazy or? No, no, hundred percent. I mean, that's, I'm literally like sitting here like, yep. 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 Yeah. And I feel like I've been that way forever. Um, like my parents very much, well, my mom very much was like, we don't see color. We don't see, you know, like my best friends, yeah. best friends, the minorities, like I brought them home. My mom was like, you would pick these children that don't fit in anywhere else. But like, I loved everybody. And so I feel like that's just how I've been my whole life. And so to see, like I said, to be best friends with these people who are the best people I know. Some of the best Christians, the most faithful people, the most loving people are the ones that the church is turning away. And so for me, that doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah. But absolutely. like you families, yeah, you got the families that fake happy on Sunday and then go home and do all the wrong things, but they're welcome. Yeah. yeah. That could be, that's, this could be, like hours long conversation but the the church to me is meant to be a hospital it's meant to be for people to come learn god period it yeah. should not say you can come learn god if you're straight you yeah. can come learn god if you're male you can come yeah. learn god. you know what i mean the yeah. bible say that yeah as a matter of fact it says like a billion times male female jew gentile yeah. you are part of god yeah we have that verse actually let's see if we can see it uh so this yes. is part, yeah yes then galatians but yeah see girl this is why we're friends <laughs> our friends like it just lights me up because it is a like i've seen this more since i started my you're not alone project but my friends that are logged on here i know um they'll know exactly what i'm talking about but i have these amazing friends 
in the LGBTQ community. And I feel like I've spread the word more now being involved with that community and those people than I ever did before. And it's like, my job is to hold their face and be like, you are loved. Yeah. You are loved. And like I said earlier in the very beginning, but church, the building people are what hurt you. God didn't hurt you. Right. Yeah. And yeah. it's, it just seems so simple to get, but a lot of people just don't get it. So I'm so happy to be alive in 2022 where people are bringing awareness to this and Arkansas is getting better at acceptance. We're still very far from where we need to be, but it's really cool to be on that downward slope of, okay, we're shining a light on this. It's not like it's a new topic. You know, I have, um, a lot of uh, older people come up and they're like, well, nobody was gay in my day. I'm like, actually, your, bro your brother probably was. He just was scared to death to tell right. you he lived a miserable life. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just terrified. People are always gay. They're just not always out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just like mental health. And again, it all comes back together. People have always had mental health. Everybody has mental health. Everybody has bad days and good days. Everybody has had anxiety from day one. Okay just able to put a word on it now we're able to shine a light without quite literally being sent off yeah. to you know be by yourself isolated for being different all right anyway i'm off my tangent okay i'm back <laughs> back i'm reeling back all right um did you have differences with your family regarding this topic if so how did you handle it and how is it now was the next question Whew. yes um a hundred percent. I had very big differences with my family. I grew up Southern Baptist. Um, so my mom specifically was super vocal about her lack of support, I guess is a PC way to say it, but, um, for the gay community growing up, um, my dad was pretty never like stated his stance on it growing up. And that's kind of been his personality on a number of issues. Like he was never like, this is wrong and this is right. But my mom was 100% like that. Um, yeah, my mom took it really hard when I came out to them. I actually came out in an email and I posted that email. Um, I think last year or something on national coming out day or the year before, but, um, I sent screen, people were asking for the screenshots. So, um, I sent one to my mom, one to my dad, one to my, and one to each of my brothers. So I sent a separate email to all four of my family members um coming out to them was just kind of like you know it was pretty short and sweet it's like hey um this may or may not come as a shock to you but like I'm gay and I fell in love with a woman and she's awesome and her name is Jess and uh this is who I am and you know if you have a problem with it like I'd love to chat with you um but it's not something that's up for debate like it's who I am and it's who I'm gonna be and um I didn't really leave it open for a lot of like conversation because I didn't frankly care to at that point like I was pretty sure that they were going to all respond with like you're wrong and let me tell you why and I just didn't really want to hear it um my mom didn't respond to my email and we didn't talk for six six or eight weeks something like that um and we saw each other every day I mean my mom we live in the same city like we uh, yeah so that was very weird for us um my dad called me and was like uh you know um I've, I've had suspicions for a while like you pretty much struck me as gay since about like 12 and I kind of, you know, had, had a pretty good idea and your track record with men was also not great. And I was like, that's fair. Um, which Thanks. it was, 
Like I, I only dated, you know, I would date guys for like a month or two or whatever. Uh, and so my middle brother, Colin, he was my man of honor in my wedding. He and I are super close. He like texted me. I was like, I don't care who you date. Like if you're happy, I'm happy. I was like, cool. Um, and then my other brother Carter, like was super nice about it. Like, um, we have different beliefs even to this day. Like he doesn't, I don't think agree with it. Um, we haven't had like a conversation about it in a while, but at the time it was like, you know, I, he th thought it was a sin, but no worse than any other sin. And was like, you know, I love you. And I think that, you know, we, we see differently on this, but like, I respect you and respects Jess and came to the wedding and. You know, so that's fine with me. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not here to change people's minds. That's not my goal. Um, but yeah, it was really hard. My mom and I's relationship has never been the same. Um, we were super close growing up and we have never been the same since I came out. And that was pretty hard for me. My dad and I, on the other hand, were not super close growing up. And now we talk like every other day. So um, it was kind of an interesting dynamic for me, like kind of switching um from being like super close to my mom growing up and then now pretty close with my dad and um even with my short hair like my mom hates it um it's like I don't want a boy like I want a girl and like when I wore tux to the wedding she was like well you know I thought we were gonna go dress shopping and I was like mom you clearly don't know me at all like if you think I'm gonna wear a dress like I haven't worn a dress in five years and even the 20, 20 years before that, I hated wearing dresses. And you never knew that because you didn't ask, nor did you really care. Um, so it was just kind of like hard for my mom uh, because she had this idea of like who I was gonna be as her little girl. Um, and my dad didn't really care, you know? He was like, I don't care what clothes you wear and who you date, like I want you to be happy and you know, that's all that matters. So yeah, definitely like my family dynamic changed a lot, um, but my mom came to the wedding and has come to visit us since then. And so like, I would say she's tolerant of it and she's definitely getting better. And she'll like post photos of Jess and I on her Facebook. So like it's, it's getting better. Um, but it was very hard for sure. <laughs> Man, that, nothing speaks louder than silence as a response. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There've been times I've spent, I've sent and you, you stress about it and you talked about your Enneagram. I'm an Enneagram six. And so like, I feel everybody's feelings, but like I spend way too much time thinking about what I'm about to message. And I'm like, Ooh, Oh, I don't, Ooh, yeah. let me word it perfectly. And then I send it. And if it's serious and you don't fly back for weeks, I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, that speaks way louder than you reply. <laughs> and people don't get that. Just crazy. Um, yeah. Well, that's really interesting. That's super interesting. Actually, my mom came up last weekend. She's on here watching. And one thing that she said, my mom's just the coolest, by the way. Um, one thing that she said that really stuck out to me was, you know, you have children to love them and you don't love them when they don't turn out the idea that you had, like, that's mm -hmm. so selfish and strange. Right. Yeah. So like parents and a lot of my friends have been the same way that they're so disappointed when you don't grow up like dress shopping. Well, I imagine yeah. dress shop. I hate that. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. You had that imagination. I'm sorry. You dreamed of that for yeah. you. But this is me. This is my life, right? Yeah. Um, so it is sad, but um, I'm glad she's coming around and I'm glad your dad. That's pretty cool. That's I feel cool. like there was a there was a second part to that question. Did I miss it? I can't remember. No. How, how is it now? And oh, how is it now? Yeah. I mean, I would say it's it's definitely better. Like I said, she's she is on the path to 
becoming more accepting. Um, but it's a day by day thing. And the way I see it and like something that I've talked with Jess about too, is like, it took me five, six years to come out. So like what we can't really expect, um, you know, our parents or our loved ones to just like flip a coin and be like, yep, I'm good. Um, and I think the world oftentimes like says, yeah, like you should accept people no matter what. And yes, well, I agree with that. Like it's still, it's, if it took me five years and I'm the actual person that was coming out, like I can't really put different expectations on somebody else. So yeah, that's a really good way to put it. I've watched people, you know, I did one on here. Um, we talked about transgender and that was one thing that a lot of people see night and day differently. And I'm yeah. see both sides because one of them, I talked to a parent of, um, so she was the mom super close with her daughter where her daughter grew up and decided to become a male. So she transformed or had her transformation from female to male. And so mm -hmm. now she's male, looks like a male, goes by a male name. And she's had a lot of feedback, like a lot of resistance because half of the people are like, you should accept whatever your child decides to do, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, she explained like, I'm grieving because yeah. for 20 years I had a beautiful daughter and although I still love my child I have to I'm grieving yeah because right. yeah. now I have this completely different child so I totally get what you're saying I actually had never thought about it in the way of just coming out um yeah. but transgender because it's such a physical difference and like yeah. a completely different page but yeah that's a that's yeah. a real good way to put it I like that you said that yeah um let's do Ooh. Okay. Let's do this one. How is the context behind discussions about homosexuality different in the Bible than it is in society today? And does that matter? Ooh, how is the conversation in the Bible different than how it is in society? Right. So the context behind discussions about homosexuality in the Bible versus um, the context of homosexuality today, like hmm. how, how are yeah. they different? And does it matter? Yeah, I think they're very different. Um, does it matter? <laughs> this is controversial, but I would say no. Um, I, yeah, my, my beliefs on the Bible have shifted a lot since I came out and since I grew up. I used to believe like the Bible is 100% inherently true and everything in it is the word of God spoken from the mouth of God and none of it is up for debate because that's the word of God. Um, whereas now I'm kind of like, okay, I think a lot of it's up for debate. I think a lot of it is translation. I think a lot of it has, um, has shifted, you know? And so I think when the Bible was written, it was written by a bunch of probably white straight men or maybe not white, but straight men. Um, and I think we need different voices. Um, for me, I don't want to listen to something that is written by the entire same group of people. Um, when voices like women and immigrants and minorities are pushed out of that, like I have a hard time believing something that's one-sided. Like I said earlier, like if we're only hearing one side of a, a, a belief, um, I don't necessarily think that that's true. Like I like to look at both sides, um, of a topic. And so I think it's different today because our world is becoming more accepting of people, um, which I think is a good thing. Um, I, I think the Bible is a wonderful tool, um, and it can be used as a guidebook and that's what it is for me. It's a guidebook, not a rule book. 
Um, and I think a lot of people use it as a rule book and use it as a, it's very black and white. Um, and I always joke and like talk about people that say the Bible clearly says blank um, are some of the most foolish people that I've ever met um, or known because it's like the Bible doesn't clearly say anything except maybe to love people. Like that's about the only thing that the Bible clearly says that everybody can agree on. Um, so yeah, I would, I would say the context um, has changed, you know, like our idea of right and wrong has changed. Um, and I don't necessarily think that that is uh, bad or wrong by any means. So I don't know if that, if that answers the question or not, but um, yeah, I would say, I don't, I don't think it's a bad thing at all. Yeah. So, okay. I'm going to kind of, <laughs> I'm like, I love this conversation by the way. Um, and like I said, I've been doing a lot of research on it and I think that's what got me so interested in it is really delving into it and like learning about it. But one thing, okay. So for me, the way I took this question was a little bit different than you. So the mm. context behind homosexuality in the Bible um, for the most part was referred to more as like a power statement. Yeah. And so I talk about like rulers and rich men and things like that. So they would practice homosexuality, not as an attraction, but more so as a power stance. Yeah. And so, I hate to say it, but they would rate men to yeah. show power stance and to show that, yeah, you're inferior and you know, this, I am in power. And so they don't even talk about the women that came in. Cause I was just known women were inferior anyway, but the right. men were worth noting because I am purposefully, like degrading you, I guess would be the best term. Yeah. And so for me, I take that question as absolutely the context is different because majority of the Bible, if you really look into any time it talks about same sex attraction or homosexuality, it's in regards to like power yeah. and not sexual attraction. Yeah. You know, hundred um, percent. Yeah. No, that's, yeah. that's a cool way to read it too. I hadn't, yeah, I hadn't thought about it like that, but yeah, absolutely. I think um, the whole Sodom and Gomorrah story is 110% about power and dominion and not at all about attraction. So that, yeah, when people are like, oh, well, you know, uh, this city was destroyed because of men having sex with men. I'm like, did you read the story? Like, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it has nothing to do with that. It's talking about all their just like pride. The, the city yeah. was full of pride. And it's so sad that people read that one thing so another thing I want to talk about you know you talked about the bible isn't like a rule book it's a guidebook and I think that's a really good way to go about that I think a lot of people will get their feelings hurt about that statement so I want to make it clear like the bible has been translated hundreds of times and but yeah, you can look up uh so 1946 the movie is a really good resource they have an Instagram page and they're coming out with a movie um called 1946 the movie and it's about when the word homosexual was put into the bible which was in 1946 which is insane because like people are living still that were living in 1946 like that's not that long ago um so that word is very very new to the bible um and so that's just kind of a funny theological thing but um yeah 1946 the movie is a, a great resource um their page is awesome and i can't wait for the movie yeah, I've heard a ton of feedback about it. I've heard it's amazing. Yeah, further down the line, yeah. the sexuality was started by white, rich, straight men. And yeah. so it was more so a power move. So anyway, 
you're welcome to do more research on that or hit us up. We'll be happy to delve deeper yes. into that conversation. Okay, one more question. I had to skip a few because we're running out of time. Yeah. Um, somebody asked about book references, like what are some books that they could read to learn more? Yeah, um, so I'll tell you them and then if you want, I'll text you them so you can like put them on your page okay. or whatever because sometimes when I say them, people are like, oh, I wish you'd write them down. So um, first one, God and Gay Christian by Matthew Vines awesome book super easy read that's the first book I read um loved it like great great book great author um Torn by Justin Lee great book um it's just kind of about I mean the title says it but torn between like oh do I choose this do I choose this more of like his life story um so Justin talks about like his journey as a um a gay man and just kind of coming out um raised being raised in a Christian family and kind of struggles that he went through there. Hi, Stella. Um, and then another one is Unclobber by Colby Martin. Colby is a good friend of mine uh, that lives down in San Diego and pastors a church there. Um, I can't remember the name of the church, but he is awesome. So if you live in San Diego, look him up. Um, his book is called Unclobber and it's very good as well. It talks about, so it goes through all of the eight passages in the Bible. We call them the clobber passages. Um, and kind of debunks all of the theories behind why it's wrong. Um, so it's a really cool educational resource, but it's not super theological to where like you can't read it, um, but it's a great read. Uh, another one that's very dense and took me like six months to read is Bible Gender Sexuality by James Brownson. Um, that one is for, <laughs> not for the faint of heart. It's a very tough read. It's a very theological read um it will take you like an hour to read a chapter like it's it's a good book um uh, but it's for people that really really want to dive into the theology of it whereas the other three are more of like a storybook that you can kind of read you know while you're having coffee in the morning and then whatever yeah. um i'm trying to think if that's it uh oh and then beyond shame is another one of my favorites by um matthias roberts phenomenal book about shame and um specifically as it relates to sex and sexuality um but it's really really good and matthias is a good friend of mine as well he lives here in seattle um and goes to the school of psychology and theology and is a wonderful person and author so that's a great book as well I love it. Awesome. Very good. All right. We'll wrap it up with what advice would you give somebody that's trying to understand the LGBT plus community, but they were growing up thinking that it was a sin. So they're kind of trying to gap the bridge, but they grew up with yeah. this. What advice would you give them? Yeah. Um, I would say sit with, sit with your feelings and your beliefs and um, really process through like, is this of God? Is this true? Sorry, my uh, my low power mode went on. Um, uh -oh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, sit like sit with your feelings and your beliefs and process through like, is this resonating with my heart? Is do I believe this is true? Um, is this belief producing fruit? And so that's what I oftentimes go back to is like, is this belief um, producing good fruit or bad fruit? And so for me, um, when I sit with like the idea that like excluding an entire group of people that's obviously not producing fruit and that's pretty easy for me to recognize um but again i'm affirming and obviously on this side so um i would say sit with your beliefs figure out what you believe and why and if it's just something that like you've been told to believe or if it's actually 
something that you've done your own research on and figured out. Um, and then the other big thing I would say is like challenge yourself to read the opposing viewpoint. Um, whatever you believe, find something, a book, a podcast, um, a YouTube video that that is the opposing viewpoint and listen to that and, you know, think through that and, and allow yourself to really hear what that person's saying. Um, and I, cause I try to do that too. I mean, I, I listen to non-affirming pastors sometimes just because I'm like, you know, why do they believe this way? What, like, what are they teaching? And, um, because I want to make sure I'm still walking in truth. And so I continue to challenge myself there. Um, because I think if we get too like butt hurt or too concerned with the other viewpoint, like if we are threatened by that, um, then we're not as strong in our truth as we think we are. Yeah. Uh, it's like the, yeah, calling the kettle black, like, yeah. you know, no, you believe this way and read this, but I'm not going to read the other way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. What? So kind of the other way around, what about, um, you know, the people that wrote in saying that they are in this community and they just feel completely isolated from the church, but maybe they want to become one with religion again? Yeah, um, I would say depending on where you live, um, you know, a lot of people have church trauma and that is super valid and, um, very, very real. So I don't want to discount that at all, but like finding a church that is affirming is awesome. Um, so there's a place called church clarity. If I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's awesome. It's an Instagram page and also a website that you can look up, um, whether churches are affirming, what their stance on is a bunch of things, but same sex, uh, couples is on there. And not every church has a stance, but if they don't have a stance, that should be pretty clear about what their stance is. Um, the churches that are affirming will typically say, you know, affirming on there. And so um, that's a great resource as well. Um, I would say that. And then just giving the church a shot, like try to, to go and let yourself be there and not feel, um, yeah, if you can go to church and sit and just like try to have blinders on and like not think about anybody else there, but just be like, I'm here for the Lord. Like I'm here to worship and you know, I'm not here to please anybody else, nor do I care what anyone thinks of me. Yes. That's so much easier said than done. But, um, if we can get into that mindset of like, you know, I'm going to come and worship and, and not that you have to go to church to worship. Um, maybe that's not how you prefer to connect with the Lord. Maybe it's through nature. Maybe it's through worship or music or, writing or whatever like but find those things that you felt um connected to god in and and go back to those things yeah absolutely it kind of goes back to what we were talking about like don't worry about man yeah because in the end it's about god it's not about man because we are we are human and even you and i like we make huge mistakes yeah. i've probably said a billion stupid things on this episode um and that's just kind of how we are man makes mistakes so I think, like you said, kind of be focused on the reason that you're there and not yeah. the, you know, the human beings that are, you know, not going to live up to your standards in the end. Yeah. Um, it has been a blast chatting with you. Thank you so much for joining me, Corey. It's been yeah. awesome. Of course. Thank you for having me. It was so fun. Yeah, it was, I was so excited. I was also nervous about this one because there are a few topics that are just so sensitive and you could say one wrong thing and get it wrong. But um yeah. So for everybody that's logged in, if you're new to my page, my name is Townsend. I have a You're Not Alone project that I'm doing. I'm trying to spread love, hope, and awareness through not only my music, but through this project. So 
every other Monday I do a live stream so that you guys can hop on chit chat with us and then I will convert those to my podcast and my YouTube channel which is called You're Not Alone with Townsend and I simply just have topics anything I can think of that I want to help share awareness and love with and to help people feel a little bit less alone so follow along it's awesome I got people like Corey on here so Thank you so much for tuning in. It's been a blast. Thank you so much for joining me, Corey. Yeah, you're very welcome. Have a great rest of your night. We'll talk soon. Yeah, you too. Tell Jess I said hi. All right. I will. If you enjoyed this conversation and are interested in becoming a sponsor, feel free to shoot me an email at townsendteamusic at hotmail.com or shoot me a message on any social media platform at Townsend Team Music for more information. I would love for you to become a member to help spread awareness that you're not alone. If you're looking to buy or sell, I have the perfect realty company for you. Clark & Co Realty is located in the Benton, Bryant, Arkansas area. And they understand that buying or selling a home is more than just a transaction. It's a life-changing experience. That's why their team of highly seasoned real estate professionals is dedicated to providing exceptional, personalized services for all their clients. They truly take great pride in the relationships they build, and they always work relentlessly on the client's behalf to help them achieve their perfect real estate goals. They always have the client in mind, and I can speak firsthand when I say how reliable, trustworthy, and quick they were. When I was looking to buy my first home, they were there with me every step of the way, answering every question I could think of. They showed me a great amount of knowledge and patience through the process. It's no wonder they've won so many awards for their outstanding services and their excellent relationships with clients. So if you're looking to buy or sell, there is no better option than Clark & Co Realty. Selena with Impact Coaching and Consulting is a certified life coach who helps women find harmony with their faith, family, and career. She offers a virtual goals workshop, mastermind group, and a one-on-one -on -one private coaching where she helps you identify your deepest purpose, develop a roadmap to reach tangible goals, and encourage you to overcome any obstacles along the way. Selena's worked with hundreds of business professionals throughout the United States including small business owners, direct sales associates, chiropractors, financial advisors, real estate agents, doctors, professors, teachers, and many more. You can follow her at coach underscore Selena on Instagram and Impact Life Coaching on Facebook. You'll love the encouragement and the practical tips for finding harmony in your unique life.